Delicious, meat nutritious, and the snack that packs a real protein punch, wonderful pistachios. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value and making wonderful pistachios one of the highest protein nuts out there. But perhaps more than that, I love all of the flavors they have. Their sea salt and vinegar ones are my favorite when I'm craving that flavor, but still want to keep it healthy. But that's just the tip of the iceberg. Wonderful pistachios come in a variety of flavors like chili roasted, honey roasted, smoky barbecue, and jalapeno lime, to name a few. Perfect for enjoying with family or friends and taking them with you on the go. Whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. So fill up with a healthy snack when hunger strikes. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. That's wonderfulpistachios.com. This is Optimal Living Daily, episode 1838, How to Take a Break from Your Mind, by David Kane of raptitude.com. And I'm Justin Mollick, your personal narrator, reading to you with permission from the authors. I cover lots of topics like personal development or self-help, mindfulness, happiness, anything that I think can help you live a more meaningful life in just a few minutes every day. And with that, let's get right to it as we optimize your life. How to Take a Break from Your Mind by David Kane of raptitude.com. Movies frequently scared me when I was a kid. Certain moments in Gremlins, The Secret of Nim, and even Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory made my insides clench with fear. It was the worst of all feelings. Most other kids seemed completely unperturbed by these movies, which created the additional pressure in certain birthday party or sleepover situations of having to pretend I was totally not scared and in fact was quite enjoying myself. While I wasn't brave, I was clever. At some point, I discovered a wonderfully effective trick for becoming invulnerable to movie scariness without looking away or covering my eyes. I would continue to look at the screen, but slightly cross my eyes, putting the screen out of focus. This subtle move instantly broke any movie's spell. Threatening gremlins and sword-wielding rats became soupy blurs accompanied by disembodied sound effects. In an instant, I could dissolve the scary tale and turn it into moving shapes and sounds, freeing myself from the story's emotional grip. In reality, the movies were only shapes and sounds, but now I had a way of choosing whether my emotions were tied to the events depicted by them. Whenever I wanted to, I could exit the swirling sea of emotional tumult or jump back in. I had no idea I was doing something I'd later learn in meditation halls, deconstructing a narrative experience into a sensory one and moving my attention between these two levels on purpose. As adults, we spend a lot of time captivated by the stories depicted in our minds. It's impossible to know for sure, but some studies suggest we spend more than half our lives lost in thought, that is completely gripped by free associating mental depictions of life rather than life itself. Often the subject matter is innocuous, idly rehashing this morning's breakfast conversation rewriting an email you sent off too quickly, or mentally recounting the merits of bike commuting to a friend who resists the idea. Oftentimes, the subject matter is threatening and painful, involving future you experiencing certain universal human fears, illness, financial strife, disgrace, and disrepute. As with a movie, when you're absorbed in a mental narrative, the emotions are real. 
Worry isn't just a fear of future pain, it is a kind of pain. As Mark Twain famously observed, quote, I have known many sorrows, most of which never happened, end quote. This human capacity to suffer from imagined experiences does have a purpose. If we didn't suffer at all until we became destitute, diseased, or ostracized, we'd probably do a worse job at avoiding those scenarios. A small amount of imagination-induced pain goes a long way, however. We don't need to suffer as much as we do. And trying not to think isn't the answer. Just as I couldn't shut off Labyrinth in front of my peers whenever the Goblin King appeared, you can't shut off the mind whenever it gets caught up in worry or rumination. But you can break the spell in the same way I did, by shifting your attention from the narrative level to the sensory level. The key is to remember that worry isn't a window into the future. It's a present moment sensory experience in which the future is depicted. Your thoughts contain no future and no danger, just as a television screen contains no gremlins. Sometimes we wanna be absorbed in the narrative level, of course, and to do that, we must forget sensory experience. When you read a novel, you want to feel like the characters are real. You don't wanna be aware that you're sitting in an Ikea chair staring at paper. When it comes to worried thoughts, however, it would be nice not to be helplessly tossed around by the story being depicted. The moment you notice you're ruminating, you can drop to the sensory level with one simple move. Move your attention to something your body is experiencing. Your attention is like a flashlight and you can simply shine it on something physical. Feel your feet on the floor, the nervous tingles in your stomach or the contact between your sweater and your shoulders. Attending to anything in the body takes you straight to the sensory level, breaking the fixation with the narrative level. You can't pay attention to both at the same time. My friend Darren Larson, a mindfulness teacher, recommends doing this regularly, taking little breaks from the narrative experience of worry by periodically moving your attention downward to discover what the body is experiencing. The point isn't free yourself from worry by ignoring it for a few seconds, but rather to see that your attention has these two modes, narrative and sensory, rather than one, and you can move between them at will. This mental mobility is one of the great gifts of mindfulness. With regular practice, you can learn to live rooted in sensory experience, attending to the narrative level whenever it's needed for making big picture decisions, getting swept away by it much less often. If your attention seldom leaves the mental movie screen, you live at the mercy of whatever stories appear there. If those stories tend to depict danger, suffering, and things going wrong, then that's what life will tend to feel like no matter what's really happening. In any moment, you can take a momentary break from your mind by attending to your body. Learn to move back and forth between the story and the senses. The more familiar this movement feels, the freer you are. You just listened to the post titled How to Take a Break from Your Mind by David Kane of raptitude.com. I thought this was a super interesting one. I too was freaked out easily by movies, at least until I was 12, because I still recall those sleepover occasions where someone rented a movie with very weird imagery and it would mess up my sleep. Some of those movies were even meant to be funny, but imagery can do weird things to us, especially at that age. And I don't think it's that surprising that it was estimated that half of our lives are lost in thought. It's impossible to completely turn it off, so if we're not absorbed in a task, our minds are likely bouncing from one thing to the next, the monkey mind, as some like to call it. 
But just like David said, the goal isn't to shut it off. That was a major misconception of mine when I first took meditation classes. It seemed like there was this goal of reaching a point where you're not thinking. But that's not the case at all because personally, I love letting the mind go and having ideas pop up. That's how the idea of this podcast was born. We don't wanna turn that off. Instead, like he mentioned, the goal is to realize that this is all in our control and that we can shift from worrying to something else like the physical and notice it's in our heads and choose what we want to do. So thank you again to David for that reminder. Have a great rest of your day and I'll be back tomorrow where your optimal life awaits.